listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The NACDS Total Store Expo is the largest gathering of retailers and suppliers in the health and wellness industry. Discover new and innovative products, technology, and services. The 2022 event was in Boston, August 27th through the 30th, and the Pharmacy Podcast Network was a proud press and media partner for the gathering. Listen into the discussions with our hosts and CEO of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, Todd Yuri, who had the opportunity to talk with several innovative leaders in chain retail pharmacy. I am here with Dr. Daniel Zlot. He is PharmD with the American Pharmacists Association. We love supporting the APHA and Locked On Pharmacy. Daniel, welcome to the NACDS 2022 post show. Thanks, Todd. It's great to be with you. So, I don't have to tell you, uh, it's the APHA, goodness gracious, and, and the evolution of where the APHA has come just in even the last five years has just been incredible. Uh, championing the role of the pharmacist, expansion of the role of the pharmacist. Can you give our um, our listeners kind of a an overview of APHA's work within our community retail chain pharmacies? Uh, that's a. I'm not even sure where to start because we've been so active uh, on so many different fronts. But you know when when. We think about our highest priorities that are really uh, applicable to our chain uh, community pharmacists. Um, the things that come to mind most are helping to uh, focus on you know, workforce well-being. That's a huge, uh, very important topic to us. Uh, we're looking at payment reform, so making sure that pharmacists are getting paid for their services, uh, trying to work with uh, lawmakers, regulators to end some of the predatory PBM practices. And I think we all know that that's been really driving down pharmacy reimbursement, profitability, and that impacts staffing levels in stores because they just can't afford to have as many hands in the store. Um, So that's a huge area for us. And then, of course, uh, I oversee our education department, so I have to put it in a plug for our education. Uh, We've got constant education all throughout COVID, making sure that pharmacists had the resources, the education programs that they needed to be up to date with the latest stuff going on all throughout COVID. Uh, We've got great new programs coming online. So uh, really focused on test and treat. That's a great example of how we're expanding pharmacist scope. So uh, both at the federal level um, through some of the pharmacy bills we're pushing, as well as working with various states to get test and treat laws passed. Um, And then, of course, we've got an education program. We're partnered with the University of Florida, uh, the first test and treat program in the nation. And so uh, we have partnered with them to bring that uh, out of Florida and offer that to the entire country. So we're super excited about that. We think that's a great opportunity for pharmacists to continue to expand how they're helping keep their communities healthy. Dan, that's exciting to hear. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. Uh, We're actually at the NACDS here in Boston at the Babson Diagnostics booth, which is going to help community pharmacies start to use um, the blood testing instead of going to a big lab. um, You're going to go to your community pharmacy and be able to get your your blood taken for analysis and be able to get results back. That makes me think of other things like digital therapeutics, uh, point of care testing, pharmacogenomics, um, women's health services in your community pharmacy. What other facets of healthcare are you seeing now starting to be centralized at the point of um, of 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 the entire community, the the pharmacy, and what other programs have you seen coming about that you're excited about? 
Yeah, I think, Todd, I think you really uh, hit it on an important point. We've been hearing here at the show um, that everybody, all the major employers, they're seeing pharmacies as a center of health and wellness in the community. So it's not just a place to get your meds, it's a place to come and be a healthy person. And obviously that's gonna mean that pharmacists have to move outside of dispensing, which is exciting. I think we've all been wanting to do that for a long time. And so, you know, I think uh, you mentioned digital health. I think we are on the very tip of the tsunami wave when it comes to what the opportunities around digital health will open up for us. Uh, we think of all the data, all the information that's available, and pharmacists have been begging to get access to patient data, whether it's uh, blood glucose levels coming in through continuous glucose monitors, or it's wearable devices that are giving us insights into what patients are doing, how they're living, what challenges they're having. Uh, and then you start to incorporate the more advanced technologies that we're seeing in, into smartwatches, smartphones, and everything that goes along with that. You know, you, you could foreseeably, and actually we've got a program going on now where we're getting pharmacists linked up with technology that can screen for AFib in a small little handheld device that's about the size of a flash drive, like a little thumb, USB thumb drive. And so pharmacists can be the point of screening and then make a referral to a cardiologist if a patient has evidence of AFib. Uh, so the opportunities around digital health and incorporating all that, and I think pharmacists, because we are the first stop in healthcare, uh, are so incredibly well positioned to be the leader in helping patients navigate the complexities of digital health, integrate digital health into the rest of the healthcare system. So I think that's probably one of the most exciting areas that we've seen. The trust factor with that pharmacist and their patients is so evident, and we've read about studies that have been done in that. Um, explanation of disease states, conditions, treatment programs, all coming back to pharmacists. We know that there are now community pharmacists and consultant pharmacists that are now being more functional driven, where they're really digging down into diets, they're digging down into exercise programs. They're, um, they're actually de-prescribing um, patients, which I, I see it happening. It's going to be in our lifetime, which is going to be exciting, where the prescription will not lead pharmacy. It will be the practitioner. It will be the provider that is the pharmacist that's leading instead of it being all driven by just you know trying to connect the reimbursement of just the prescription itself. And it came at, it couldn't have come at a better time because of PBM reform and changing the role of how pharmacy works and with their communities. APHA, uh, during the 2022 show, just did an absolute amazing job gathering um, pharmacists. And we just came out of a pandemic. We all gathered up together. Do you have anything special to preview for us for the upcoming conference in 2023? We're just finalizing our education program, so we're super excited about that. We will have uh, continue to have a focus on digital health, so uh, we will have our digitalhealth.rx pre-summit event. Uh, we're doing a hackathon for any students who might be listening. Check that out. We'd love to have you be part of our hackathon. Join up with some other folks from some other professions, some coders, some hardware folks, and uh, put together some potential solutions to problems that we'll toss at you. Um, it was a fun experience last year, so we're looking forward to continuing that. Um, and then I think one of the big focuses, FOSI, for this year, uh, coming up with a lot of our education, is just ensuring that pharmacists are uh, ready to take on what's next. So uh, the 
we have heard from a lot of pharmacists that they're feeling uh, a little challenged in a lot of different ways. And so uh, we're looking to have some great inspirational stories that will kind of help you recharge your batteries. You'll leave the meeting feeling excited, um, proud to be a pharmacist. I think of what pharmacists have done over the course of the pandemic, and I, it has been exhausting. Uh, I don't practice in a community pharmacy anymore, but um, we were putting in a lot of long hours, you know, a lot of late nights, 24-7 sometimes, putting together education programs so that literally the, the day something got approved or a couple days later, you know, we would have education out. And so uh, we lived it right along with you. And so um, we want people to be uh, proud of the fact that they're pharmacists. And so uh, think about the story we have. Over 260 million, that's more than 70% of the COVID vaccines in the country were delivered by pharmacists. You know, we literally saved the country. Uh, and so uh, it's exhausting. We're all exhausted, but sometimes it's important to take a step back and get that recharge. So that's one of the big things we'll be focusing on during our meeting. And it's time to just celebrate what we've accomplished. That's why I like when we go to the annual APHA meeting. It's just a place to also celebrate. I'm excited to be a part of it. We're uh, huge fans of Locked on Pharmacy and your own podcast on the network. Um, and can't wait to do more with you, Dan. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Todd. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Dr. Jason Asili, Enliven Health, welcome to the NACDS 2022 Total Store Expo uh, post-show. It's so good to see you again. Hey, Todd, always a pleasure. So glad to be back here in Boston, right? It's been a couple years, or at least 2019, I think, was the last show, right? It was. I, the last show I was went out was 2017, and I think it might have been Chicago. I can't remember where it was. It's all going too wow. fast. So, I mean, pandemic, we were kind of all talking heads, so it's so good to see people back in person again. Absolutely. So I've watched you and stalked you and, um, you know, LinkedIn and posts, and your career has been just amazing. And, and now the evolution of what's taken place with Enliven Health and what this is going to mean for community pharmacies. I want you to talk to us about the role of the pharmacist and how Enliven Health is prepared to support community pharmacies as well as um, expanding the role of the pharmacist. Absolutely, Todd. So we're in a movement. I mean, this is the pharmacy transformation movement and Enliven Health has doubled down on that. Our, our goal is to really highlight and enhance the accessibility that community pharmacies have, the role they played during the pandemic, and we want to expand that well beyond. There's so many clinical services, both public health services and chronic care management services that are ideally positioned for pharmacies. I mean, we all know that 90% of the population lives within five miles of a pharmacy. And sometimes the pharmacy is the only convenient destination for healthcare. Take, for example, medically underserved areas and medical deserts. So we're really trying to mobilize pharmacists as care providers, and we're pro providing you know, technology solutions that make it as seamless as possible. We have a one clinical workflow vision in our new product called ACS, AmpliCare Clinical Solutions where we, we combine the scheduling process, the clinical documentation process, and medical billing all in one process. So by helping the pharmacist walk through the care process in our guided care process, where we, where we, you know, we literally um, bring protocols to life and take the pharmacist through a step-by-step -step process in the care delivery process. 
and by what they document, we can we know what the billable events are, Todd. So really breaking down those barriers um, that might seem overwhelming unless you've got technology to really make the process more seamless. So the pedigree of this organization rolling up through um, the guidance and leadership that OmniSol has provided throughout the years. We love OmniSol. They're a client of ours with the Future of Pharmacy podcast, really telling stories about the health system, the excellence that they've built, some of the workflow that they've helped systems build. This is now, when I say the word pedigree, it's kind of dripping and pouring down into the Alive and Health spirit, per se. I want you to share with our listeners the world of workflow, and that can sound daunting to a lot of pharmacy owners, and how the Alive and Health team is kind of embracing them and making it much more simple. Absolutely, Todd. So Enliven Health's goal is when pharmacists are going to increasingly grow clinical revenue, pharmacies that are focused on that are going to have a successful practice. Uh, All too often do pharmacies get tied into this dispensing workflow, but they're bringing on solutions like medication synchronization that make the dispensing process way more efficient. And the time that they save on the dispensing side, they're reinvesting into clinical services. Uh, so it's, it's kind of hard to get started, but taking that first step, maybe you, maybe you have two hours of pharmacist time to de- dedicate to clinical services on a Wednesday afternoon. That's when you make your scheduling available for vaccinations, testing, therapeutics. And then you see clinical revenue coming in because you're able to bill for that either, you know, directly to the medical payer or you've worked, you know, value-based contracts where you're getting uh, money for improving patient outcomes. But as that clinical revenue starts to grow, you go from two hours to four hours. Now you go from Monday to, or to Wednesday only to Monday and Wednesday. And when that pharmacist is, has dedicated time for clinical services, they want one platform to go to for all their needs. By connecting the scheduling process, you're able to get patient information and intake information, perhaps inclusion and exclusion criteria that feeds into a test and treat uh, protocol, and feed that information forward into the clinical documentation process. So you're not starting from squares, like the first step. You already have a lot of information that you've collected from the patient. So let's use that to uh, guide the clinical documentation process. Then taking that clinical documentation after you've had that patient care experience, packaging that up and billing, right? At the end of the day, we must get pharmacists paid for their time, and equitable reimbursement is what's needed to make this scalable and viable across the board. You're building practices inside community pharmacies that just weren't there before because of the nuances and the complexity of actually building these plans, getting away from being a hostage to just making revenue on the script. Now it's more about clinical services, it's more about consultancy, it's being a subject matter expert of disease state management. We're excited that that Enliven Health is doing what you're doing. I'm I'm a huge fan, obviously, of pharmacists, but I have that special place in my heart for the independent community pharmacies too. That's who you're really leading and in, in, in supporting. Is there anything you want to, in closing, to, to give a shout out to pharmacy owners and being able to reach out to you? Absolutely. I, I just want to say thank you to a big thanks to all the pharmacy owners out there who have, they've, you know, overextended themselves during the pandemic to make sure that they're taking care of their communities. 
And, you know, in return, we're trying to advocate for things like the Equitable Community Access to Pharmacy Services Act, which is a hugely important bill that's in the House right now. Uh, it would give the public access to pharmacy services, pandemic-related services, long-term. But what it would do is reimburse pharmacists at 85% of the physician fee schedule. And that's huge because pharmacists haven't been recognized at the federal level by Medicare uh, for you know, medical services in the past. So we know that that's important. You know, we thank you for all the work you've done. And man, you do deserve to get reimbursed equitably for all the work that you've done. So that's our number one goal. We're trying to make sure that you get paid for your services. Dr. Jason Asili uh, with Enliven Health, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Todd. Always a pleasure and hope to see you again soon. I'm here at NACDS 2022 with Namish Haveri. I want to welcome you back to the Pharmacy Podcast. It's been a couple years. Yeah, Todd. Well, thanks for having me. It has been a few years. Lots changed since then. <laughs> it has. I went full time and now we're doing audio public relations for organizations like yours, which I'm excited that you're here. Um, lots is happening in community pharmacy because of the role of the pharmacist changing, the importance of pharmacists um, being um, being recognized in ways that I don't feel that they recognize the power of what community pharmacy could do, and I think the pandemic shined a lot of light on that. Uh, Todd, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, as a pharmacist myself, and you know, representing uh, thousands of health marts across the country, I think pharmacists always drove value. The pandemic, while it was very unfortunate that our world experiences, not only shined a light on what pharmacists can do and pharmacy can do, but it amplified it and it really moved the profession forward. And uh, so let me start, Todd, today by saying thank you to every pharmacist, to every pharmacy personnel, to our pharmacy technicians, to the entire staff. I think the number is close to 300 million doses of the vaccine administered in a pharmacy. I think two out of three vaccines in our country was administered in a pharmacy. And on behalf of everyone in the country and in the world, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to every single individual that works in a pharmacy to make that happen. Well, thank you for stating that. And, you know, there's something special for me. Um, I came from the beginnings of my pharmacy career in long-term care, yeah. privately owned long-term care. And there were health marks that were digging deeper into the special needs of our seniors. Health Mart really enables and empowers uh, community pharmacy owners to have that extra support that sometimes the standalone guys may not have through the marketing that you're doing, the technology platforms that you're bringing out. Share with us some of the innovation of, of Health Mart and what's happening with the organization. Yeah, thanks for the question, uh, Todd. I think there's a couple of things we're doing for Health Marts. Uh, first of all, these are community-based independent pharmacies. And you're right, they may not have an IT department, they don't have a marketing department, they don't have many of the departments that you would see in a large corporation. And so that's where we've come to play. You know, we're here to support them from everything. And one of the newest things that we've done is launched a digital platform for them. Uh, and you say, well, name that sounds pretty, you know, remedial. It's not. Uh, it's amazing uh, how many community-based pharmacies don't have that capability. So everything from a dot-com presence, 
for e-commerce, uh, to a web presence that's consistent across all of our health marts, and then ultimately a app that allows them to provide pharmacy services and continue that conversation with their patient after they leave the doors. And so we just launched that uh, out of the 5,000-ish uh, number of stores. I think we have over 3,000 already signed up, activated. And uh, to me, that's one more step forward to continue to support our independent base. So I've seen the evolution accelerate more so in the last three years uh, with the role of the pharmacist taking on more responsibility, um, the changing role in following up with really serious conditions, serious disease states, uh, diabetes training, diabetes education, hypertension. What, um, what do you see happening over the next three years with the role of the pharmacist? What type of services do you see being br brought to communities because of their community pharmacy presence? Well, I think uh, there are several. Um, certainly, our continued involvement in vaccinations, uh, making sure that we're able to provide all of the uh, CDC-approved vaccinations in those community pharmacies is important. Two, there's legislation on the books for test and treat. So I do think that we're going to be doing more testing, uh, whether it's flu or strep, COVID-19, unfortunately. There is a lot of testing that's going to continue to happen. And I also believe uh, that we will start to do some treatment based on that testing. Uh, you know, the FDA uh, allowed pharmacists to start to prescribe uh, oral antivirals uh, for COVID-19, uh, you know, with, with, with the ability to assess a patient's health condition and then make a decision whether or not they uh, require that antiviral. I think that's just a, the start, you know, of what's coming uh, for pharmacists. The, the world has figured out and the country has figured out that the closest healthcare professional to most people in the country, I think the number is 90% 90, 90 of the population is within five miles of a, a pharmacist. They're there, they're accessible. Um, in many instances, they're 24 hours. Uh, so I think citizens, patients, uh, caregivers are realizing the value that they can drive. So whether it's vaccinations, testis, testing and treating, whether it's dispensing the medication, whether it's cons consultation, and moving into health and wellness. I think all of those things are, are, are here to some extent and coming in a greater extent in the future. The rise of mobile and the rise of telehealth and where meeting patients where they are, that's important. So the digital platform that you mentioned, is there a mobile component to this? There is, there is. So when I talked about the web app, uh, the app, uh, that was the mobile component of it. Look, all of us, me and you included, uh, I think we our entire lives run around that phone that sits in our pocket. Um, and so anything that we can do to continue to enable that and enable the care that goes along with that, we should be doing. And, and as I mentioned, the, the digital platform that we launched uh, as part of HealthMart uh, was one more step to help them get there. You know, you mentioned testing. We're standing at the NACDS 2022 Total Store Expo here at the Babson Diagnostic Booth, who's really been a big support to us in being here. There's a future to blood testing, simplicity of this system, and community pharmacy, and the trust that that is part of a community pharmacy, because they've been part of the community for years and years and years. What do you think of um, the world of blood testing and community pharmacy? Uh, I think I'm a little biased, but I think uh, that is the next uh, frontier for pharmacy. And I don't say that simply to say, let's add in more services. 
I say that from a patient's perspective, which is can we get, uh, make these healthcare services more convenient, more accessible, just like pharmacy is? And in this case, labs and diagnostics. You know, there, there's three points of data that is so critical in healthcare. One is medical data, two is pharmacy data, and three is lab data. If we can start to bring all of that together, what a world it would be for us to help patients get better and stay healthier. And so if we can bring diagnostics into the pharmacy arena uh, and have that mom or that dad that's also taking care of their children coming in for their prescription and maybe get their labs done at the same time um, or see a provider or an NP or a physician uh, who is a primary care provider in that same setting, we've made healthcare accessible. And to me, that's the right way to go. We thank you so much for being part of this. Um, we'd love to follow up with you and see uh, the evolution and traction of HealthMart. We've been a fan for quite some time. Well, Todd, first of all, thank you. Uh, and not just for what you're doing, but it, it's bigger than what you're doing. You're giving pharmacists and pharmacy a voice. And I can't thank you enough for what you do. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm here with Joe tomorrow from Dr. First. I'm excited to have you here, Joe. We've valued Dr. First as an educator to pharmacists through the Pharmacy Podcast. So welcome back. Hey, thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, Dr. First, this is the first time we've been at NACDS, so it's a great show for us so far. Um, you know, Dr. First has been around in the health system and physician provider side for over 20 years. Uh, one of the originators of e-prescribing and very uh, large market share in that business. But as of you know, five, six years ago, we've been getting into pharmacy, and that's why I'm here at the show. Uh, we have a couple of products that are really pharmacy-centric. Uh, one is called Rx Inform. It's a patient adherence solution, text messaging directly to the patient for first fill of prescriptions that increases the pickup rate anywhere between 7 and 11%. And then we have an AI solution designed to improve the quality of prescription data entry uh, it, within the pharmacy affecting pharmacy workflow. So it improves potential misfills as well as productivity in the pharmacies. Awesome. I really am interested in learning more about Dr. First and the AI platform, AI technology, because I know with the uh, stakes rising of the demand on pharmacist services, that AI is going to provide data that uh, pharmacists can really look out and be a little bit more predictive about disease state management. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit more about the AI? Sure, absolutely. Um, so first and foremost, you know, again, this is not something new that we just invented. It's something that we've been uh, using already in the health system side. We have a number of patents of, with our AI products, as well as won a bunch of awards, and most uh, notably the Edison Award last year. So we're very much recognized within that field of, of study. Um, so what we basically do is take the data that's coming from the electronic uh, uh, EHR record uh, before it goes into the pharmacy management system and we bounce that up against roughly 15 million transactions a day of learning to improve the quality of that translation 
most of that data is all free text. So we look at that free text and we kind of make educated decisions on what it should be um, to, again, kind of almost like be a, a, a safety net underneath that pharmacy to make sure that uh, those prescriptions are translated directly and accurately. So it's for, it's for um, uh, prescription products, the drugs themselves, the directions, allergies, even the insurance information uh, that patients may bring in. Joe, we really appreciate you being part of the NACDS post-show um, Total Store Expo and being here with us. And before we let you go, I want to give a shout-out to one of my favorite people in pharmacy, Heidi Pollock, who's part of your team. Ah, Heidi and I work hand-in-hand hand together, so I'm sure she'll appreciate that. And I really know she wanted to be here today. So, Well, we miss her, and a shout-out to you, Heidi. Hey, we're here at NACDS 2022 with Dr. Shirag Patel. I'm excited to interview you because we've had First Data Bank on before, but it's been some time. So talk to us about uh, your role with First Data Bank and um, the evolving role of our community pharmacists. Hi, thank you, Todd. Uh, my name is Shirag Patel. I'm a senior product manager at FDB. Um, I like to describe FDB as a company that takes drug data and turns it into drug knowledge. And so our drug knowledge um, is the number one drug knowledge uh, database uh, throughout the country and actually throughout the world. And our database is used by pharmacies, physician practices, uh, insurers, uh, large vendor IT organizations. And so I'm uh, the senior product manager over our MedKnowledge product, but also today at NACDS we're launching our newest product, which is called FDB Navigo, and you know, being a pharmacist myself, Todd, I think you're a pharmacist. You know, the pharmacy profession. I am not a pharmacist, oh. but I'm your number one fan. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I have a pod D instead of a farm D. Pod D. That's good. That 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 works. And I think you would know better than any pharmacist what's happening in the pharmacy practice today. The role is evolving so much, especially coming out of post-COVID. Pharmacists have stepped up. Have done COVID-19 testing, vaccination. Now they're getting to prescribe. We're seeing um, test to treat, uh, mental health screenings. All of this allows the pharmacists to practice at the top of their license. But I'm sure you know, as well as I do, there's significant pharmacist burnout, right? especially coming out of COVID. You know, pharmacists want to practice at the top of their license, but they, in many cases, don't have the time to. And there's a whole host of other reasons why. And so here at FDB, one of the things we know pharmacists struggle with is medication alerts. And what we've done is taken our traditional medication alerts and transformed it into clinical guidance. Right? And so you know that there's drug-drug interactions, drug-dose interactions, drug-disease interactions. All of this pops up to the pharmacist in an environment that doesn't support uh, uh, really reading through the text. There's a significant amount of cognitive burden for the pharmacist. And so what we're trying to do is simplify that so that the pharmacist has more time to interact with the patient, doing what they love most. And so we do this in three ways with FDB Navigo. Instead of showing individual alerts that are silo-based, drug-drug, drug-dose, we surface the risk to the patient. A clearly identified simple statement that says risk of um, hypotension or risk of hyperkalemia. 
uh, and surface that to the uh, pharmacist and we take it one step further. We know our pharmacists have to go through uh, tertiary references or outside of their uh, pharmacy system to figure out, okay, how do I manage this risk? And that leads to a lot of unstandardizations, depending on what time of day you go into the store, how busy the store is, how well staffed they are. You as a patient may get a different outcome. And so what we're doing is also giving the pharmacist actions to take to mitigate those risks. So contacting the prescriber to offer an uh, alternative or con counseling the patient to watch out for signs and symptoms of an interaction that can occur. Clearly identifying an action the pharmacist can take to mitigate those risks. Taking it one step further, we provide scripted narratives. So F at FDB, we're a company of pharmacists. We know what's happening in the pharmacy world. We want to help our fellow pharmacists. And so we've developed, our clinicians have developed scripted narratives that the pharmacists can use when counseling patients, that, that they can use when talking to providers, that tell them what the risk is and what mitigating factors you need to mitigate that risk. And so not only do we provide the actions, uh, a clearer alert, we also at a touch of a button could offer therapeutic alternatives that don't have that same risk. So they can, the pharmacists are armed with this information when they're having conversations with providers or patients. And really all of this is to simplify medication warnings and clinical guidance for the pharmacists at a time when they need it the most. They're doing so much more than ever and we're trying to simplify that and be able to deliver meaningful, consolidated, actionable clinical guidance to the pharmacists. And all of that is done through our FTB Navigo product. We want to learn more about Navigo, so maybe we could do a follow-up interview with you in the future, but if, they, if pharmacists want to learn more, um, give us your uh, web address as well. Sure, it's ftbhealth.com. Very good. Dr. Patel, thank you so much for being part of the post show here at NACDS 2022. Thank you, Todd. Hey, we're here at the NACDS 2022 Total Store Expo, and I'm with Melanie Marcus. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Oh, thanks, Todd, for having me. So SureScripts has been part of our network for about a year and a half now, and you've just released a brand new show as well, which we cannot wait to start uh, amplifying through our network. Um, talk to us and our listeners so that we can push them to that program. What is the, the, what is the basis of the podcast about? Oh, thanks for asking. So we just started, uh, we just released a podcast. It's called There's a Better Way, Smart Talk About Healthcare and Technology. And our whole goal is really to highlight the things that are happening in the industry, pharmacy, electronic health records, in the health plan space, across the marketplace, really, that are innovative around topics like interoperability, health equity, the changing role of the pharmacist, the changing role of the care team, and policy. So that... Um, so there's a great place to give industry leaders an opportunity to talk about those things and listeners to hear. So you just said something that's one of my favorite subjects, and that is the transforming role of our pharmacists. And it's funny, the, you and I, we've been in the profession long enough to recognize uh, very vividly that there is major transformation in their roles. However, the community pharmacist has been doing some of these things that the public isn't aware of for years. However, now it's time to 
raise that up. It's, try, it's time to echo uh, what they're doing and amplify what they're doing. Talk to us about how SureScript supports the changing role of our pharmacists. Sure. Well, the 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 pandemic certainly gave a boost to the changing role of the pharmacists. Well, pharmacists are providing vaccines and providing COVID tests, and now the opportunity to prescribe Paxlovid, that kind of thing. SureScripts is supporting that process for with, for example, right now, clinical direct messaging gives the pharmacist the opportunity to provide the fact that they just did a COVID vaccine on patient A back to that patient's provider. That's one example of how um, the changing role of the pharmacist is being supported. Another is actually we are bringing the same technology that we have to prescribers to give the prescriber the cost of a a medication that they're prescribing to a patient when they're prescribing it and the cost of five therapeutic alternatives, we're bringing that also to the pharmacist. So if the patient is standing in front of the pharmacist and they actually can't afford their medication, the pharmacist can actually look and see, well, what other medications might be alternatives that would be less expensive on your benefit? And I can recommend that back. So there's there are a number of ways and we're looking at lots of other things. The education that you're providing our network is so appreciated, Melanie. We can't wait to work more with SureScripts and your other teams, your marketing teams have been absolutely wonderful to work with. Thank you for making this time today at NACDS. Oh, thanks so much. NACDS Total Store Expo 2022, the world in expansion and change and transformation of retail chain community pharmacy and what do you know the one and only bill holmes is here with rx safe we're so proud to see you here bill amongst some of the giants in uh chain retail pharmacy how's the show been for you uh todd uh, this year has been absolutely amazing uh, i think i've done uh, nine trade shows in the last 12 or 13 weeks uh, since COVID is sort of now uh, i don't want to say distant memory but uh, clearly we're living with it and we'll continue um, I've been involved in a participation in the NACDS uh, annual show here uh, for at least 15 years. And I would easily say this is the best show ever. Um, with the uh, quality of uh, the folks that, that put the show on and how it's, how it's organized, uh, we've had nothing, uh, nothing short of an amazing turnout in our, in our booth talking to all of our retail friends. And, and presenting new and interesting technologies that we think can produce uh, more efficient results and help grow their pharmacies. You know, I don't talk about specifics because that's private between you and your clients, but I saw some amazing organizations come to the booth, in and out of the booth, with a lot of interest in what you've built, the real estate that uh, you don't have to dedicate in order to have a rapid pack or one of the other systems that you've invented and put in, including the, the uh, laser counter or whatever, I'm actually the rapid counter RX over there. But what I do want to say is you fill the, the gap in so many facets of pharmacy, traditional community pharmacy, long-term care, senior care pharmacy, and of course here at the micro, regional, and national chains. What are those differences? Where do, where do you see differences between those three and how um, RX Safe customizes those solutions? 
Great question, Todd. Uh, I, I think to answer that, though, I have to step back just a little bit and say ArcSafe, uh, we're now in our 15th year, uh, is essentially an engineering company. We invent our own technologies, unlike our competitors, some very large, some not so large, uh, which tend to import technology from Asia or uh, copy uh, other people's designs and then uh, just replicate them. Um, we don't do that. We, we think in order for us to advance the cause of retail pharmacy, we have to do better. We have to come up with new ideas and we invest heavily in new technologies. So we have at our core a very sophisticated uh, technology that we developed internally at ArcSafe that does pill verification. So it's a vision verification system that looks at 15 different characteristics of pill, color, size, and shape, and then we'll allow that pill to be identified to a three sigma level of accuracy as the right pill, 99.99%. That's a very high standard. And that core technology works inside of our strip packaging equipment, works inside of our card filling equipment, and it works inside of our vial filling uh, tabletop counter which is uh, very icon-like looking. It's an optical counting system that, that counts to 99.99% three sigma accuracy in count, but also 99.99% three sigma accuracy in pill verification of every pill on the platform. That allows us now to digitize images with high confidence and high assurance of quality. Patient safety always is number one in what we do. That will then allow those um, digitized images to be uh, reviewed in the store, in a pharmacy, a central fill pharmacy environment, a, a slower store, or you may have heard just a moment ago when the group left the, the, the room here, the booth, uh, they want their pharmacist to be able to work at home. And so imagine they call it the pajama pharmacist. That's a direct quote. Your pajama pharmacist is working at home, stress-free, as stress-free as possible, on the couch, in their pajamas, with a laptop and reviewing what I call the looking glass, which is the images of the tray of every pill, the image of the vial with the pills in it, the image of the label on the vial, and the image of the stock bottle, as though they were holding them in their hand. It's much more efficient, much more accurate, all the data is recorded, all the images are maintained, and it provides for a much better overall system of reducing cost and improving quality within the pharmacy environment. Well, I'm excited to hear of the growth of, of technology in community pharmacy because you and I were talking earlier about um, getting uh, pharmacists and technicians out of some of the things where automation can fill in um, the gap in order to uh, put their attention on the patient in other ways, getting away from being um, hostage to only making money through the prescription and doing other services that are much more valuable than just dispensing a tablet or a pill, and your organization supports that growth and that scalability, so that excites me. Todd, that's all we're about. It's, it's let's get pharmacists practicing at the top of their license. In other words, what can a pharmacist do with their day to improve the lives and the health of their patients? Well, it doesn't help if I'm counting by fives. It doesn't help if I'm tied up on a phone. It doesn't help if I'm busy chasing down some inventory problem. It doesn't help at all. What we need to do is find a way to produce prescriptions more efficiently and more accurately with less work and certainly get rid of a nonlinear workflow which exists in almost every pharmacy today. By example, you know, the pharmacist is doing PV1, the technician's filling the prescription. When it's done, it has to go back to the pharmacist. Nonlinear workflow, very inefficient. There's no other industry in the world that has that duplicity of activity with a single person. We have to get rid of that. 
And to do it, we need digitization, we need machine vision, we need pill verification that we can rely on and produce very high quality and let that pharmacist get out from underneath the burden and the stress of all of that non-value-add stuff and get out and talk to the patient. Well, we appreciate what you're doing. We also appreciate the support. Um, our longest standing uh, sponsor of the Pharmacy Podcast Network and we look forward to seeing you at um, Kansas City at the NCPA and, um, and talk more to you about community pharmacy. Todd, I can't uh, tell you how happy I am with our relationship and what we're able to do together in trying to bring these very important messages and uh, how we can improve the, a lot of the everyday pharmacists and the patient. Thank you, Bill.